This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Please enjoy the following pre-recorded encore presentation of Equipped with Chris Brooks. Hey there, folks. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equipped with Chris Brooks. I am so thrilled that you have joined us today. Why don't you do this? Strap on your seatbelt. We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Well, I hope you had a phenomenal weekend as you gathered together with your family and friends. Maybe ate too much. Maybe you shouldn't have chose that ugly sweater that you wore for Christmas Day. But all of that is behind you now. And I hope that you got a chance to gather together, more importantly, with the people of God in the house of God. Now it's time to begin to get ready for a new year. That's right. 2020 is a year that all of us felt like would never end. Here's the question. Are you prepared? And are you prepared is not just a practical or pragmatic question, but spiritually, are you prepared? Well, part of preparation is being able to come to grips or come to peace with the storms of life. And many of you feel like you have been hit out of nowhere with some of the toughest times that you've ever faced. I certainly have experienced the toughest times of my life and ministry over the last two years that I've ever faced. And and for some, that type of challenge, those types of storms create seasons of questioning, questioning God, his goodness, his purposes, his plans, maybe even questioning your faith. We got to resolve that. So what do you do when you face dark times? And every single one of us knows what it's like to come into dark times. Now, your dark times may be different than mine. Maybe it's job loss. Maybe it's the death of a loved one. Maybe disability. Maybe divorce or financial insecurity. But here's the reality of it all is that God is with us even in the midst of our storms. And that's why I'm so excited about the conversation we get to have today around a new book that I would love for you to get your hands on. It is entitled, In a Boat in the Middle of a Lake. In a Boat in the Middle of the Lake. Now, many of us who know the scriptures, in particular the Gospel of Mark, will resonate with this word picture of what it's like, what it was like for the disciples to be in a boat in the middle of, of, of uh, the lake while there was storms going on. But here's the good news. Jesus was in the boat. We're going to talk more about that today as we try to bring hope to you in the midst of your storm. Patrick Schwenk is with me today. He's a husband, father, author, and pastor. He gets to pastor the good people of Grace Bible Church at their refuge campus. Uh, He and his wife, Ruth, have dedicated their lives to the local church and online ministry. They're the founders of two popular uh, blogs for thefamily.org, and Ruth is uh, found at thebettermom.com, as well as a new podcast, Root Like Faith. Uh, He is a graduate of Moody Bible Institute. I love that. He's also a graduate from my alma mater, Biola University. I love that. Uh, He and his wife, they live in Ann Arbor, Michigan. They have four perfect children, or just south of perfect, a couple of dogs and one hamster. Now, we got a lot in common, but Patrick, 
one area where we're probably going to go two different routes is I am a Spartan. I'm a diehard Spartan. Is that going to make our interview difficult, Patrick? <laughs> this changes everything, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> we can agree on the gospel. You know, I, I, I hear... Right. I hear that when uh, Calvin and Luther got together, man, they agreed about 14 points of <laughs> theology. But when they came to communion, everything fell apart. So I, right. I hope that we'll be able to navigate. We'll see. By God's grace, we, we can we make go. this work. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I, I, I love Moody, went to Moody, uh, went to Biola. Uh, but but I ended up uh, my undergrad was at Michigan State and so but it's great for uh, to know that you're in Michigan as well uh, with me and other great pastors and you and your wife has just done a phenomenal job at just modeling family and a rapidly changing world and uh, so super grateful for you. Uh, let's you, talk Chris. a little bit about how your family's doing and how the good people of the Refuge Campus of Grace Bible Church are doing. Yeah, we're doing well. First of all, thanks so much for for having me on. It's just a real privilege to, to talk with you. And we're doing well. We, like you said, we we moved up to Ann Arbor in uh, 2015, beginning of 2016, to plant a new church, and and so we were doing that, plugging along. And then in January, just before COVID hit, we ended up partnering with Grace Bible Church. And so I'm now pastoring uh, the refuge campus of, of Grace Bible Church. And so God has just been so good, uh, even in the midst of, of our storm, which I know we're going to talk about here in a little bit. And then my wife, uh, my wife Ruth and I have been married uh, now for um, just about 22 years or just over 22 years. And so we've got four kids who are 18, 16, 14 and 11. And so we're all we're all hanging in there. Wow. We are living the same life, my friend. Uh, I'm going to pray for you more than I have been, knowing that uh, <laughs> that's the season <laughs> that you are in. In the midst of it all, obviously a book has been birthed in a boat in the middle of a lake. Every book has a story. The story behind this book really is deeply personal and deeply yeah. intimate. Take us back to uh, the moment your life changed in many ways when you found out about a health diagnosis. Yeah, so like I said, we we moved to Ann Arbor to plant a brand new church, and and I have always been um, in good health. I, I've you know been an athlete all of my life, and so you know as I thought about planting a church, the obstacles that we would run into, I, I knew were were uh, many, but but health was not even on my radar. And in uh, 2017, it was that summer, my first clue. I I, I was uh, my, I collided heads with somebody. We were playing basketball, and I had an ear infection. That, mm. that would not heal. And then it was November of that year that I hurt my hip, uh, not once or, or, but, but twice in, in the course of one week. And I didn't know it at the time, but I had cancer in my body and that cancer had compromised the, the strength of my bones. And so I'd actually fractured my hip wow. by December that, that pain in my hip became so severe that I, I was having trouble standing through an entire sermon. So I would oftentimes sit and, and preach because the pain was so bad. And it finally became so difficult for me to, I couldn't lift my leg on my own. And so I went in to see my doctor and he did a variety of, of scans. And just before Christmas in 2017, I got a call from the doctor and he said that, that they found a, a lesion, a tumor deep in my, my hip socket, kind of where the hip socket and the pelvic bone meet. And he said, this could be nothing and it could be something serious. And so we went through Christmas, not knowing uh, what that tumor was, what that lesion was, and then did another MRI and some lab work in early January 2018 and then got that phone call 
on January 17th, 2018, that, that would turn our world upside down in the nurse. Um, I remember we had just picked up our oldest son, uh, Tyler, who at the time was um, in, in a homeschool co-op in Ann Arbor, and we had picked him up. Ruth was driving. I was in the passenger side seat, and we had picked uh, he and, and one of his friends up from school, and they were in the back seat. The nurse called, and I was you know, trying to find a piece of paper, and I found the only scrap piece of paper I could find uh, in, a, in our vehicle and began writing down a word I had never heard of. I couldn't spell it, and she finally stopped me, and she said, it's a kind of blood cancer. And wow. um, that was a world that, that we were immediately thrust into. And yeah. it's, it's um, a world that we didn't want to live in. But by God's grace, we, we've been walking in and we've seen just his goodness over the last couple of years. But that was January 17, 2018, when we heard that, that C word uh, of cancer. Yeah, that's a, that's a big word. It's a life-altering word. It's a fraternity that no one wants to be a part of. Right. That's part of your story. I think if that's not enough for uh, those who are listening, I think it's important to understand you guys have been through other storms as well, including multiple miscarriages. Talk a little bit about how that impacted you and, and, and Ruth and, and navigating through that as well. Yeah, I mean, Ruth, um, you know, when we began having children, you know, our, our firstborn, Tyler, uh, was born in 2002. And then then after that, um, she miscarried between every single one of those pregnancies. And, and then after wow. Sophia, who was our youngest, she miscarried twice. And and so she has had a, a total of five uh, miscarriages. And, and I didn't understand, you know, I think as a as a husband and then as a, as a new father, um, I didn't understand what that meant. Uh, you know, for a woman and for Ruth in particular until that first miscarriage. And I had no idea. I mean, as a pastor, I I had, you know, been around, you know, other women who had experienced miscarriages and I I knew it was difficult, but I didn't understand really how difficult that is for, uh, for a woman um, to experience that. And so that was an incredible storm, you know, for, for Ruth to walk through. Um, And I know, yeah, I wanted to say, Chris, I, you know, we are not experts in suffering and I know that, that, you know, there are, many people who are listening who have been Mm -hmm. through far worse than, than what we have. And so we just feel like in this journey as, as a pastor, as a couple, you know, we just feel like we're limping along your fellow companions, you know, just trying to, to keep our eyes on Jesus, you know, by his grace, continuing to be faithful and, and everybody's suffering is so unique. It's so different. And so that, that was what Ruth walked through and that's what we'd walk through. And that's really the, the book kind of comes out of that experience. You know, I've been a pastor for 20 years and we have, had the privilege of walking alongside of other people as they found themselves in a boat in the middle of a lake. And, and I had never experienced, and we had carried other people on their stretcher, but this was the first time as a pastor that I had, I had ever experienced having to be the one on the stretcher. And mm. so the book really is so much about our own personal story, but it's really the story of being a pastor and having the privilege of walking alongside other people who've experienced you know, great tragedy and loss in their own life. Yeah, I think that what your book does probably better than um, just about any book that I've read on this subject is take away the stigma, the taboo of being a pastor uh, and having this pressure of somehow being perfect. I love the humility that you and Ruth lead with and being transparent and saying, listen, we are just as vulnerable, uh, just as uh, weak in many ways as anyone else. We don't have to put on airs of perfection, but I think right. there's a power that comes through that 
And that's a gospel thing, right? That the glory is of Christ, the excellency is of him and not of us. But yet in a time where most pastors don't even talk about their weaknesses, not only do you talk about it, you penned a book about it, didn't run from it. What is your hope when people pick up your book? Well, I, I think our hope, you know, first and foremost, like like you said, that it, that it would draw people to to the hope and the confidence that we have in Jesus, crucified, resurrected, now reigning, and one day returning. I mean, that, that is the only hope. It's the only anchor when when storms hit. And so, I think our, our goal is, like you said, to be open, to be honest, to be vulnerable, and to uh, to recognize that your know, life, whether you follow Jesus, I mean. He, even when you follow Jesus, I mean, we experience great loss and great tragedy, but the difference is we have this incredible hope, this living hope that we've been born into, you know, Peter says in first Peter. And, and so, you know, I, I think, I think that would be our goal that we would share our story and that we would share the stories of other people that we've, you know, done life with, but, but most importantly, that all of those stories would ultimately point to the unshakable hope that we have, you know, it, it's oftentimes in the depth of our hurt, that the depth of our hope really emerges. And we've experienced that. There are things that I talked about and even preached on that I didn't really fully believe until cancer hit. And there were things that I knew in my head. Uh, There are things that, that, again, I had written about or blogged about. But boy, when when those things are are the the very things that you cling to in the middle of the night or sitting waiting for chemotherapy, I mean, those those are the things that now become a much deeper hope um, in the midst of a storm than they were before a storm. And so our hope is that, that is just that, that it would increase people's hope, that it would draw people, um, you know, to the joy and, and the peace that comes with knowing Jesus. All right, here's what we're going to do. We want people to know that joy, that hope, that peace that comes in knowing Jesus, even in the midst of the storm. We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, I'm going to have Patrick really take us into the heart of the lessons that he learned through this storm. Now, maybe you can relate. Maybe you are uh, currently battling cancer. Maybe you have experienced what Ruth experienced in miscarrying. Or maybe your storm is different. Maybe it's the loss of a loved one because of COVID. Or maybe it's a financial crisis. Whatever the storm is, here's the good news, is that Christ is with us in the midst of of the chaos of the storm. And uh, throughout your book, Patrick, you make some pretty bold statements. When we come back, we're going to talk about this one. You say chaos, not the classroom, is our greatest teacher. You're going to have to back that up, my friend, with Scripture and help us to understand how that's true. Folks, I promise you, you don't want to turn that down. Stay tuned because the best is yet to come. Next up on Equip with Chris Brooks. As the year comes to a close here at Equip, we've seen so many lives change through our daily communication of the gospel. Help us to expand our reach by giving a year-end gift. Now, I know that some of you can afford to give gifts of $100 or $500 or even $1,000, and we thank you for your partnership. Really, any amount will help us in our mission to promote the gospel. Together, we can reach the world. Make a difference with a year-end gift today by calling 888-644-4144 or go to equipradio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. We are always on for you, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 
in our social media platforms. We want you to go there right now because it's a way for us to keep the conversation going. Two things that I would love to hear from you today. Number one, how can we pray for you as we are coming through the end of uh, a very difficult year, we want to be your prayer partner, your intercessor throughout this uh, week. Congratulations, you've made it. Uh, this kind of is a graduation week, if you will. We're going to be flipping that tassel as we prepare for a new year, and a year that many people didn't. Praise God, you did. The second thing I would love for you to go to social media with is your questions. Your questions about our topic today. How can uh, the suffering in my life really be used by God to advance his purposes. A lot of times folks think that uh, the suffering is antithetical to God's purpose, but today my guest uh, wants us to understand that it is actually the opposite. All right, Patrick, so you're a cancer survivor. You're currently in remission, so we praise God for that. But yet as you've reflected on this, you write in your book, pretty bold statement, I'd love to hear you unpack this, You say chaos, not the classroom, is our greatest teacher. It's a bold statement, my friend. (laughs) Yeah, it it really is. And, you know, I think when you look at at Mark chapter 4, which is, you know, so much of what the book is is based on, you know, you you begin Mark chapter 4, and Jesus is teaching the disciples by the lake. And he's talking about the kingdom of God. And and then as you move through chapter 4, you realize that he moves his location um, to really now begin a new lesson, or he changes his location to change a lesson. And so you see him moving from by the lake to being in the middle of the lake. And it's there in the middle of the lake that, that of course, that storm arises and the disciples are there in the boat with Jesus. He's asleep because it's going to be a lesson for them and not for him. And there in the midst of that storm, the, the wind and the waves are, are surrounding them and they begin to, to cry out. And, you know, there are some things that you can absolutely learn in the classroom, but there are some things that you can only learn in the midst of chaos. And so Jesus takes them from from the classroom by the lake to in the middle of the lake in the chaos, and they begin to discover not just who they are or things about who they are, but more importantly, they discover who Jesus is in the midst of the storm. And so again, as I was saying before, there are just so many things that I think we we say we believe, and we might actually believe them but they don't become deep beliefs or convictions or hopes until the, the midst of chaos. And I think you see that theme for sure in Mark chapter 4 and, of course, other places in Scripture, First Peter 4 and Psalm 119, where the psalmist says, It was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. And so God uses chaos. I'm not saying he caused my cancer, but he uses that or allows that in a very redemptive way to restore, to renew, and ultimately to, to draw us back to himself. And so I've seen that over and over again, not only in my own life, but you see that theme throughout Scripture. You know, C.S. Lewis uh, has this famous quote. You, you know it, and many people have heard it before. He says this, But pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Is that really the message that you're trying to get through to us? Yeah, I, I think that that is, that is certainly so true in, in the midst of, of suffering or chaos that oftentimes we are now much more open to God. We're, we're much more open to the things of God. We're open to his voice. Uh, there are parts of who we are. There, there are sinful desires and, and thoughts and habits and behaviors that God can deal with in the midst of suffering or chaos. That's really what, what Peter's talking about in First Peter chapter 4, the psalmist in Psalm 119. And yeah, I think 
that there are so many times in the midst of chaos where, where now we, we begin to, to see the world differently. We begin to realize how dependent we really are on God. And we begin to, to I think God can expose all of the things that, that we can yeah. look to for joy or security or comfort or pleasure that, that are not him. And so I think chaos has a way of, of sort of uh, disrupting those things and, and exposing the, the false hopes that we have in our life. You know, it's interesting that you use the word expose because I, I believe that a difficult year like we've been in 2020 has done more to not so much create uh, malfunctions in our character or uh, breakdowns in our relationships with other people, but I think it's exposed weaknesses more than anything else. My dad was a school teacher for 27 years, and he used to have this saying, Chris, Uh, A test always does two things. Any test always does two things. It affirms what you know, and it exposes what you don't know. And I think that in many ways, that's exactly what your book uh, takes us through as you look to Mark chapter 4 and help us to really get in the boat with the disciples. Here's another bold statement you make in your book, and I'd love for you to unpack this one as well. Without the depths of our hurt, we would never know the depths of our hope in Christ. Man, that's a that's a powerful statement that's hard to stomach on initial reading. So help me to understand, why is it that without the depths of my hurt, I would never know the depths of our hope in Christ? Yeah, again, I think, you know, coming back to that word expose, I think chaos has a way of exposing the, the things that we really are putting our confidence in, we, the things that we look to for joy or security or pleasure. And so there are all these things that, that really, I think, uh, that, that we have apart from Christ. And so I think oftentimes we, we experience great hurt and loss. We, we uh, experience insecurity or a health loss, whatever it is. And, and it's in the depth of that, that hurt that we go, oh boy, the things that I was looking to before can't help me anymore. It doesn't matter when I'm sitting at the Rogo Cancer Center, how much money is in my bank account or how many followers I have on Facebook or Instagram. Like none of those things can help me in the midst of that chaos that only Jesus crucified and resurrected and, and present with me there through the power of his spirit. Like that is the only hope that I have in those kinds of situations. So I think in the midst of, of great hurt, whatever that is, whether it's a son or daughter that's walked away from the faith or a miscarriage or the loss of a loved one or a cancer diagnosis or some other health issue, the, the depth of that hurt really does have a way of bringing us back to the hope that is ours in Christ. And that's the only secure hope and safe hope. We have all of these horizontal hopes that at some point in life, not only get exposed, but they let us down. Um, yeah, but they have yeah. this, we have this vertical hope right in Christ that we can lose everything and still have everything if we have Jesus. And so I you think know, that's, that's the kind of hope that we're talking about. You know, it's interesting that you bring up this whole thought of hope because in the Christian life, the the challenge is if we believe ourselves to be in the faith, but we're not actually putting our hope in Jesus, we're putting our hope in um, the political system or our own ability or the economy or you name it, and that doesn't come through for us, what I'm finding is a lot of people who are walking away from the faith actually abandoning the faith, not because God has failed, but because their hope was in the wrong thing and just didn't realize it. In many ways, it seems to me, uh, Patrick, that we need to evaluate seriously what you're saying. 
Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I think any kind of storm, any kind of chaos has a way of, you know, hopefully motivating us to, to do just that, to evaluate what it is that yeah. I really am looking to, to, to find, you know, my hope, my joy, my security, yes. my worth. And so you're exactly right. And, you know, and here's the beautiful thing, friends, is that we have this wonderful opportunity. God gives us this grace in life where when we see our weaknesses, when we see where our lives are not in conformity to his word, his will, his ways, we can change. And, and there's this biblical word for it, repent, uh, that may seem intimidating or big, but it really means to stop going the wrong way and start going the right way, to make a course correction. And maybe you have discovered, I know I have throughout this year, I'm sure Patrick can tell you times and points in his journey where he's discovered, uh, like the rest of us, that, man, my hope isn't in the right place. And it's time for us to refocus, recenter our hope on Christ. Christ has not failed you. He is faithful. The world is working just as we would expect it to work if the Bible is true. It is fallen, but yet a Redeemer has come to rescue us. And even in the midst of our storm, He is our anchor. Uh, we're going to take another short break. That's what that music means. But Patrick is going to be back with us on the other side of his break. And when he comes back, we're going to talk about what is God really up to in our suffering. You don't want to miss that. Also, while we're at break, help us to finish the year strong financially. If you can, give a generous gift. Dial the number 888-644-4144. Or if it's easier, go to equipradio.org. Much more to come next up on Equip. The story of Jesus' birth is full of hope, promise, and wonder. But in today's culture, much of the miraculous Christmas story has been watered down or filled with pagan myths. So if you want to know the verifiable facts surrounding Jesus' birth, you'll want a copy of Is Christmas Unbelievable? by apologist Rebecca McLaughlin. Request your copy today when you support Equip with a gift of any amount. Call 888-644-4144 or visit EquipRadio.org. You're listening to a pre-recorded Encore presentation of Equipped with Chris Brooks. Welcome back to Equipped with Chris Brooks. I want to say thanks to all of my partners, all of my friends who have helped us to broadcast every day. We didn't miss one day. We were here to provide help, hope, and healing and to equip you more effectively live, share, and defend your faith. And it's because of your generosity and God's grace that makes that possible. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you. I am so looking forward to a great new year. And to start out that year, we're going to have our next Zoom webinar, face-to-face Zoom webinar. This is something we do quarterly for our monthly partners. If you are a monthly partner, we call those good folks equippers, then please look forward to January 12th, immediately following the program, uh, we're going to have our next Zoom webinar. If you've not registered, just check your email. The last Equipper Encouragement has registration information in it. Make sure you register. We're going to look to God's Word. We're also going to take your questions. And most of all, we're going to look to the Lord together in prayer. It's one of the ways we stay connected in a disconnected world. So make sure you register for our upcoming Zoom webinar for Equippers that's January 12th. If you're not an equipper, if you're not a monthly partner, and you say, man, I would love to be a part of that, would love to become a monthly partner, that's awesome too. All you have to do is dial this number, 888-644-4144. That's 
4144. Patrick Schwenk is my guest today. He and his wife, Ruth, have co-authored a wonderful book, another book that they've worked on uh, together. It's called In a Boat in the Middle of a Lake and uh, helping us to navigate and trust God who's going to meet us in our storms. And uh, you and your wife, Ruth, have really dedicated yourself not only to the local church, but also online ministry. Talk a little bit uh, about your your blogs, because uh, you guys are really committed to family. Yeah, you know, we we started a blog um, almost 10, I guess it's been over 10 years ago, uh, called TheBetterMom.com. And, and Ruth started that as, as kind of a, a younger mom at the time. She just was like, boy, I, I feel alone in motherhood. There's got to be other moms that feel that way, too. And so she started this blog and, and it just, God really breathed on it and, and grew it. And so um, about two years after that, we started a, a site called ForTheFamily.org that was for moms and dads, husbands and wives. And so those blogs um, were, you know, started almost 10 years ago now, really dedicated to, to encouraging and equipping the family. We just believe that God loves the family and God uses the family as one of the primary vehicles for passing on faith to the next generation. And so we just have, have always had a heart for just encouraging and inspiring families uh, to pass on faith. And then we started a, a podcast called Root Light Faith that is um, not just for families, but but for anybody who wants to continue rooting their life in Christ and growing so as disciples. So that's a little bit of, of our story in terms of, of the online ministry. And we just have been so, so encouraged by what God has done uh, through those websites and through the podcast already and, and certainly through the writing. Yeah, so good, so good. Uh, our families are ground zero for changing the world. I bring up your love for family because uh, one of the uh, the pages of any book that I read that I love the most is the dedication page. Mm-hmm. And your dedication page reads in part this way, to Tyler, Bella, Noah, and Sophia. May God, who is your perfect and forever father, give you grace to walk humbly with him. And in your generation, may you be found faithful fully devoted to Jesus, no matter what storm you face. I think that's a beautiful, beautiful dedication, but it does provoke the question, at least in my reading of your book, what is it like to parent your kids through a storm? You know, it's one thing for you to have to uh, uh, bolster your own faith, keep your own focus on Jesus. What is it like? What wisdom do you want to give to parents on how to parent through a storm? Yeah, well, I, you know, it, it has not been perfect, and I, I spent a lot of days. You know, I went through about five months of frontline treatment, uh, which included weekly injections and oral chemotherapy, and had two different stem cell transplants at the University of Michigan. And so there were a lot of days uh, that were really, really difficult and didn't feel well. And and so it has not been perfect uh, at all. But you know, I, I received some really, really good advice and wisdom from a mentor the day I was diagnosed. I called one of the first phone calls I made. Uh, was to a dear friend and, and mentor. His name is Michael uh, Spencer, and um, he's a, a stage four uh, throat cancer survivor. And one of the things that he said to me is he said, you know, you only get to tell your kids one time. And he wasn't trying to put pressure on me, but he was essentially reminding me of the great opportunity before me that we only get one chance to sort of steward that suffering well in front of our kids. And so they're going to be watching you. They're going to be listening to you listening to you. And so I just so appreciate how God used those words to really early on in in this journey, remind Ruth and I of 
passing on faith. It, 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 I think when our kids mm-hmm. were young, we, we did what a lot of parents do. We do family devotions and memorize scripture. And so much of that God was using to prepare them for this storm. But the last two and a half, three years, it's looked very different for us. They've seen us pray and they've watched us cry. They've seen the church be the church and rally around us and love on us and take care of us. And so my hope is that someday as they look back on these years, that, that God will have used this season in their life to to draw them closer to him and that they would have seen us trust God and walk with God and continue to love God in the midst of our suffering. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. And it really does reinforce one of the main messages of the book that I'm sure you're driving home to your children in your actions, if not your words as well. And that is that suffering is not an interruption to what God is doing. It is what God is doing. Uh, man, that's such a mature mindset. Just unpack that a little bit for us. Well, I, you know, I think early on in, in the diagnosis, I looked at this as a, a parenthesis to our life. It was, it was something we needed to get around, you know, to, to go back to, to our real life, you know, the life we had before. And, and I think it was early on in that where God was saying, no, no, this isn't a parenthesis to your life. This is your life. And, and this is not sort of an interruption to what you were doing before uh, you were planning a church, you were writing books. This isn't an interruption to getting back to those things. This is what I'm doing. And, and I'm going to use this to grow you and to mature you. And as a father who loves his children, I'm even going to discipline you through this for your, for your own good. I'm going to train you. And so I think so much of that early on, we, we began to see what we were walking through really in that light, that, that this isn't an interruption. It's not us getting by this so we can get back to, to the life we had before, but this is what God is doing. And I think one of the things that, that God does in the midst of suffering is he is, he's growing us up. He's, he's changing us. He's transforming us. And you look at the scriptures and, and you know this, your listeners will know this. I mean, any bad is always tethered to the good that, that God wants to do. And, and you just see that theme throughout scripture, whether it's James chapter one or you know, first Peter four, again, I mean, that God is, is he, is he is working through the midst of chaos and suffering you know, he's using it for, for our good and ultimately for his glory. You know, I, I think about the person who's listening to us right now, Patrick, um, who is uh, in the middle of it, and they, like you and I, probably prayed on the front end of their storm that a resolution would be found quickly, right? Like, God, yeah. I don't mind going through this, but can you please heal us as quick as possible, or can you please help me to find a job right away? Or can you please save my children um, the heartache of, of being wayward or, or in the world? Uh, what do you say to that person who right now has so much disillusionment about their prayers? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're exactly right. I mean, I think we, you know, we prayed and still do pray, um, you know, that the cancer doesn't come back. And, and so I think it's completely right and okay to, to pray in that way. I think one of the things, though, that, that we ought to be reminded of, and I think God, God reminded us early on, is instead of praying, God, you know, deliver me, um, you know, we began praying, God, use this. And that's a very different posture. It's a very different mindset. And so, you know, of course, we would love if, if God um, heard those prayers and continues to hear those prayers that the cancer never comes back. But I think ultimately what we want more than anything is that in the midst of this storm that, that God would use this um, in a way that, that is consistent, obviously, with, with his purposes and in the world. And so we never know what that is. You know, and the scriptures say that the God, his wisdom is unfathomable. 
And so uh, it's humbling to, to surrender those things to God's wisdom and his purposes in the world. But I think those are two very different ways to pray. And I think it's completely yes. right to pray for healing and to pray for deliverance or provision, whatever it is. But, but even more than that, that, that God would use whatever it is that you're walking through, or your listeners walking through, uh, to grow that person, to draw that person closer um, to the goodness and the heart of God and, and to use that in, in whatever purpose that, that he has in their life. Yeah, Lord, use this for your purposes, whatever advances your purposes for my life. Uh, the best and uh, glorifies you the most, uh, may it be. You know, I think about 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Uh, you know, that's been a life verse to me. And in 1 mm-hmm. Corinthians 10, 31, Paul says, whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, do it all to the glory of God. And that is a um, a difficult verse to embrace when uh, the glory of God means some type of suffering. But you also say this, and I, and I love this statement, Hope isn't just something we hold on to in the dark. Hope holds us in the darkness. What does that mean? Well, I think there are so many times, you know, in the midst of a storm or or in chaos that you just feel like, I don't even have the strength, you know, right now. I don't have the strength to to pray again. I don't have the strength to open my Bible. You know, I don't have the the strength to get in my car and drive to church. And I think your listeners probably will identify with all of those emotions. And there's something about the goodness and the grace of God that, that he holds us when we feel like we don't have the strength to hold on to him. And so I think that that, that statement is really, it hopefully captures that, that sentiment that, that God's goodness and his grace and the hope that we have in him really is an anchor for us. It's a security for us. And he's holding us, he's protecting us, he's providing for us, he's walking with us. He is present there with us, even when we're we're struggling to find the strength to just hold on to him. And so I think that that statement is really meant to remind the person in the midst of a storm that, that God is the one who is with us and he's the one that's really holding us and, and keeping us safe. Friends, we're going to take one last break, but maybe today you're, you're confused over God's intentions. Why did God let this happen? Or maybe you're disappointed over the loss of your dreams, or like we alluded to earlier, disillusioned over your prayer life, let me just remind you that Jesus is still Lord, that God is still offering you himself as your living hope, and that his plans for you are intact. It's not as fragile, uh, his plans, his will, his desire, as we often think. It is strong and it is certain, and that is definitely what Patrick and Ruth want you to know. I want you to get a copy of this book. It would bless my heart that you would read this as you go into a new year. Don't carry hurt or baggage or confusion into this upcoming year, but go in with a liberated heart, fully hoping in God, knowing that he is faithful. To find out more about Patrick, about Ruth, about their ministry and the book, go to our website, equipradio.org. Hey there, my friend. The next Equipper Zoom webinar is coming up on January 12th. This Zoom webinar helps us to know each other better. It's our chance to talk together about crucial concerns in our families, the culture, and the church. You can ask me any question you have, and I'll do my best to answer each one of them. The webinar is one of the perks of being part of our team of equippers, our monthly partners. Now, if you are an equipper, be sure to check your inbox for an email from me with registration details for this free Zoom meeting. 
If you're not an equipper, why don't you become a monthly partner and join us? Simply call 888-644-4144 and tell them I want to become an equipper or sign up online at equipradio.org. Hey, have you checked out our website yet? If not, go there now. You can find out more about Patrick and uh, the wonderful book, In a Boat in the Middle of a Lake. I'd love for you to order a copy of it so that you can grow in trusting the God who meets us in our storm. Also, you can go to our social media platform, Facebook and Twitter, Equip Radio. That's Equip Radio. Let's keep the conversation going. Patrick, I love to say this. uh, Every broadcast, every program, I like to land a plane in the heart of the gospel. That's why we're here. So you say this in your book. If we have Jesus, we have everything, which means we can lose everything and still have it all. What do you mean by that? Yeah, I think it goes back to to what we were talking about before, that, that really chaos, the storm, whatever suffering or trial we're in the midst of, those things really have a way of, of exposing what it is that, that we find our, our security and our joy and our worth in. And, and so I think that, that oftentimes as we go through a storm, there is that opportunity, like you were saying earlier, to, to see that exposed and yet to receive more of God's grace and to draw us back to the person and the work of Jesus. And so when we have our hope firmly anchored in who Jesus is and what he's accomplished for us, his life and his death and his resurrection, Nothing can take that away. No amount of money loss can can rob us of that hope. Cancer can't rob us of that hope. Uh, I mean, there's nothing that can take away the hope that we have in Jesus crucified and resurrected. We have a future no matter what. And so the Christian hope is not wishful thinking that maybe things will turn out. The, the Christian hope is really anchored, again, in what Jesus has accomplished for us. And if we have him, we can lose everything and, and still have it all because we have we have Christ crucified and resurrected. So, okay, let's talk to the person who maybe because of their suffering and a disillusionment, disappointment we've been talking about has been contemplating walking away from their faith. What do you want them to know, Patrick? Well, I, this is going to sound incredibly simple. It's going to, it's going to sound incredibly basic, but I would want them to know that, that they are, that they're loved, that our lack of comfort or, you know, our, our lack of um, you know, ease in life is not commentary on God's character, um, that they are loved by God, that, that he suffered for them so that they might have new life, they might have the hope of everlasting life. And then we serve a God who came among us and he died a painful, bloody death so that we might have new life, we might have our sins forgiven, we might have the hope of everlasting life. And I think that was one of the things that for us early on that, that we began to think about. I think we mentioned that in the book, that Jesus, if you loved me in, in your suffering, then I will love you in my suffering. And so I would challenge the person that's in that place. I, I understand that my heart aches for you, whatever it is that you're going through. But remember that, that the message of the gospel is that God is good, that God is faithful, and that, that God is a God who loves us and he suffered for us. And he suffered so that we might have life everlasting. And so I would just remind that person of, of that simple, basic, yet fundamental message that, that they are incredibly loved, that Jesus loved them in their suffering. And so don't turn from him in the midst of your suffering. You can have a relationship with Christ. Uh, I would say don't walk away from your relationship. He is anchor of your, uh, your hope. And here's the reality. Your situation doesn't improve by walking away from God. It is right. uh, the the fact of uh, 
of, of being in Christ is what gives us hope in the midst of the darkness. And if you don't have a relationship with him now, he simply says this. He says, believe in your heart that he is Lord, that Christ is Lord, and confess that with your mouth. And if you do that, if you turn away from being Lord of your own life, trying to navigate your own life, and if you turn the steering wheel over to him and humbly say, Jesus, be Lord of my life, he will. He'll forgive you of your mistakes and your sins, uh, just like he's done for, for me and for Patrick, and he will make all things new in your life. If today you want to establish a relationship with Jesus, uh, inaugurate that. It'll be the greatest thing you could do in 2020. It can be the one decision that takes a terrible year and makes it the best year of your life. I want you to dial this number, 888-NEED-HIM. That's 888-NEED-HIM. We would love to just wrap our arms around you as you take your next step in your journey with Jesus. You know, Patrick, as we close this program, um, what is the difference between having chaos around you and having chaos in you? Well, I think the difference is that that there are many times in our life that that we walk through chaos, we walk through suffering. And like you're saying, God doesn't take that away. And yet what he gives us is he gives us the, the peace of knowing that he is a God who loves us, who is in control and who is with us. And so as we talk about that in the book, we, we really are uh, hopefully reminding those that are in the midst of chaos that even when he doesn't take that away, he really can and does supply the peace that surpasses all understanding, that, that peace yes. that, that uh, Paul talks about in Philippians 4, um, that peace of knowing that we are in a right relationship with God through faith in Jesus, that, that peace that he is with us, that he is for us, and that we have a beautiful future because the grave really is empty. You know what, my friend, I am so grateful that you carved out time to uh, be with me today. Please tell Ruth that we behaved ourselves and that you <laughs> represented the family well. And and on a serious note, I may not be a U of M football fan, but I'm certainly a U of M hospital fan. My daughter went through Amen. some, uh, my youngest, so uh, Christiana, went through some medical issues and they have great docs out there who care for us. Mm. And so we hope that they care for you well. Father, bless Patrick. We do pray for healing, but we pray most of all that he would sense your sweet presence with him every day and every step of the way. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Thanks so much, Chris. God bless you. All right, God bless. Thank you, you too. Folks, if you want to get a copy of this wonderful book, In a Boat, In the Middle of a Lake, I want you to go to our website right now, equipradio.org. That's equipradio.org. It's hard to believe New Year's Day is right around the corner. So let's take hope in Jesus. Let's take stock of the moment. Let's lay out his plans for our lives, for the future, tapping into all of those good promises that are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. And if you don't know him, today you can know him. Start a relationship with Christ. Dial this number, 888-NEED-HIM. That's 888-NEED-HIM. Thanks for your partnership. Together, we're changing the world one life at a time. And until we're together again next time, remember Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.